Well, before I start today, just, um, just give you thanks and praise to everyone who's helped out with the Easter services uh, this weekend. Give them a shine of affection. And also, um, because I'm the guy with the microphone, I'm going to say um, a happy uh, wedding anniversary to my wife. 29 years today. Wouldn't normally do it, but it's fallen right on the day, and uh, she makes me a better man, and I pray that I kind of make her a better woman, and, uh, but it's been a great joy to be on that journey. As we come to God's Word, as we come to celebrate this time, let's pray together. Uh, loving God, we thank you for your grace and for your mercy upon our lives. We thank you that you, your love for us is without limit. And so, Lord, as we come to open up your scriptures now, as we come to think about the things deeply of you, Lord, we pray for those around us. Open our hearts and our ears, Lord. May the the people in front of us, behind us, around us, Lord, may you fill them with your love and your peace and your joy. And may you do that also for us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I love Easter. I love Easter as a demonstration of God's love to you and to me. The whole concept seems weird to many people, but I love it. I've got many people in my life that, that don't believe in God, and they'll go, Barry, give me some evidence that God is God, that he's there. I've got people who are kind of a little bit shaky on it, people who are firm on it. No, God doesn't exist. No, so we'll... What would you want God to do to prove that he's God? I mean, mean, how does God prove that he's God? Maybe coming down from heaven? Maybe that would be a good proof that God is God. Maybe he could come and, and walk amongst us and show us what it's like to be God, how to love people and to do justice and to do mercy. Would that be enough evidence? And they look at me and go, well, yeah, well, maybe. I know where you're going with this, Barry. You're going to say, well, Jesus has already done that. But that was 2,000 years ago. So, all right, well, if God did come down 2,000 years ago, how would he prove that he was God? You know, what kind of things would he have to do? Like, would he have to, you know, have control over nature? Would he have to maybe be able to walk on water, do things that normal people can't do. Would would that be enough proof for you? Maybe he could make food appear out of thin air and feed multitudes of hungry people. Would that be enough proof for you? If God came and walked amongst us, what kind of proof would you need? Would Would you say that that person would be able to heal every kind of sickness that he comes across? Maybe even raise people from the dead if he's really God. What kind of proof do you need? I know. Why doesn't that man who comes to earth, why don't he defeat death himself and when he dies, maybe he can come back to life? And they look at me and they go, well, Barry, you know, I know the stories of Jesus, but I want more proof. I want more proof. And I say to him, I said, I had none of that proof. 
I had none of that proof when I said yes to Jesus. Simply all I knew was a bunch of crazy people who welcomed me into their hearts and they introduced me to the table of Jesus. And I sat down at the table of Jesus and Jesus revealed himself to me. You see, when we come to the table of God, in fact, when we come to any table, we're coming to a a table of acceptance and transformation. When you go and have a meal with someone and sit with them, it is a sign of acceptance. And as you have conversations with them, they rub off on you and you rub off on them. And as a young man, as I sat at the table of God and felt the acceptance of God and felt the transformation of God, I didn't need any of the proof. Because as I sat at that table many, many years ago, the joy of God came overflowing in my life. The acceptance of God... Uh, blew me away. The grace of God came and filled me. The forgiveness of God cleansed me. The acceptance of God was there for me. And that's what God wants in this death and in this resurrection, that we would come and experience that for ourselves. And over this last uh, couple of weeks, I've had a great joy to pray with people to experience the table of God, to experience the joy, the grace, the forgiveness and the acceptance of God in their lives. And some of them are in this room today. And each and every one of them, whether I've been praying for the presence of the Spirit to come upon them or for them to reconnect with God or give their life to God for the very first time, this was the common denominator and it has been for everyone I've seen come into the kingdom of God, I have not known such peace. I have not known such joy. This feeling that I have inside of me right now is indescribable, is what one young adult said to me the other week. And that is what proved to me that God is who God said he is. And that is what God wants for you and for me, that we experience his presence, his peace, his joy, his forgiveness, and his grace in his life. And we're going to just pull apart a little bit of scripture to say, just to show how God wants everyone to come into that experience. It comes from Luke. It's the story of the great banquet. This is is Jesus telling a parable about how he wants everyone to come into his kingdom. So then Jesus said to his host, we're going to get to this this first bit last and then we're going to do the last bit first. It's back to front, but God's into that kind of stuff. So then Jesus said to his host, when you give a luncheon or a dinner, don't invite your friends, your brothers, your sisters, your relatives, or even your rich neighbours. If you do, they might invite you back and you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet... Invite poor people, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, and then you will be blessed. Although they can't repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. And then one of those who was at the table with him heard this and said to Jesus, he was thinking he was going 
get a good word in. Blessed is the one who will eat at the feast of the kingdom of God. He was just excited. And Jesus replied with this parable. A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come for everything is now ready. They were, uh, that, but they all alike began to make excuses. The, ver- the first said, I have just brought, bought a field. I must go and see it. Please excuse me. The other said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen. That's a lot of oxen. And I'm on my way to try them out. It's like trying out a sports car, I suppose. Please excuse me. You know what? I can get that if it was a sports car. Maybe it's just on 50, midnight. Oh, no, anyway. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. And the servants came back and reported this to the master. The owner of the house became angry and ordered his servants, go out quickly into the streets, the alleys of the town, and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant says, what you have ordered has been done, but there is still room. And then the master said, go out to the roads, the country lanes, and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who was invited will taste my banquet. Here's a story that Jesus tells to show of God's desire for everyone to come. He wants his house to be full. The great banquet that Jesus is talking is a parable of the kingdom of God, of God's kingdom, of God's reign. And when he sends out the invitation, all those who receive it give excuses. And they're all good excuses. Not one of the excuses that is written there is a poor excuse. They are common excuses that you would give. You want to go and see a field. You had to do that back in those days. You wanted to go try some oxen. I don't know if you had to do that in those days. Getting married is a great excuse. They are all good excuses. But the reality is, is the excuses stop them from coming. And I'm wondering what excuses people have to not come before God today. Maybe you've been hurt by the church. Maybe you've been hurt by another Christian. Maybe you have been in the, in the zone where you need proof, whatever that means. And you think to yourself that it's a valid excuse. But I want to proclaim to you this morning that God just simply wants you to come. Because believing is not enough. Believing has to come with action. You see, everyone was invited, but only those who came and celebrated at God's party were those who responded to the invitation. Everyone was invited, but the action was that you needed to come. The Bible says, you know, even the devil believes in God. Believing is God is not enough. 
Your belief in God has to lead you into action, into coming and sitting at his table, coming and experiencing his love, his joy, his goodness, his forgiveness once again. The invitation is there for you, for me, for your neighbour, for your mum and dad, for those around you. It is there. The invitation comes. And if people don't take it, God just says, I'm going to find people who do. Go and find the blind, the lame, the cripple. And I'm thankful for that because that's exactly what I was like. Not literally, but spiritually. Spiritually, I was blind before I sat at God's table. Oh, I was crippled in my belief in myself and in the world. And I had no reason to get out of bed in the morning. So I'm glad that God calls the blind, the lame and the crippled because it makes room for people like me. And maybe people like you. But we've got to accept the invitation. We've got to act on a belief. God wants us in his party. He sent Jesus so that we could be in his party. He raised Jesus from the dead so that there is no excuse for you and I to enter into his party. So what excuses are you making for yourself or for those that you love? God has done everything. The table is prepared. The banquet is ready. All he needs is people who will come. And when you taste and see that the Lord is good, when you experience that presence, that joy, that peace, that goodness in your life, it will transform you. It will renew you. So what excuses are you making to yourself that you won't come? And if you have already come, then the first part of this uh, parable is for you. Because once you've tasted the goodness and the depth of God's love for you, then your job is to pass that hospitality on. Not just to be gathered around with people that you know love you. Not just to gather around those who you get along with but to gather around those people who have yet to experience what it's like to have the freedom and the grace and the love of God in our lives. So Jesus wants all to come. And if you've experienced it, he wants you to pass it on. He wants you to pass it on so that more people can experience it. Not for reward, not so you can get a pat on the back, but because God first did it for you. So Jesus' death and resurrection makes it possible for us to come to his table. We've got to put our excuses aside. However valid you think they may be. 
however valid you think that they are, you need to surrender them today and say, God, I, I, I want to experience your love and your joy and your peace. I said to one of the people who I was praying with over the last couple of weeks, I said, you've been doing life your own way for so long. How's it worked out for you? And I said, not too well. I said, let's give God a go. And that's my message to you this morning. Jesus' death and resurrection make it possible. The invite is there. The only thing he needs is for you to step into the door and enjoy it. The banquet is ready. Has been for 2,000 years. Do you hear the call? And will you come? Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you for your radical hospitality that continues to offer invitations to all people. And this morning it offers an invitation to us to step into his grace and his love and your goodness once again. So Lord, each of us have a choice of whether we're going to respond to that invitation. So loving God, as we sing this song, move in our hearts and our minds and get us ready to respond, we pray. Amen.